So what is up, everyone? We have a special edition of GNT Sports Talk presented by Grunt Talks today. We're joined by Joe's McFly and Keith McPearson. We've had Keith on before. This is our first time having Joe's on. What's up, guys? What's up, guys? Thanks for coming on. Yo, what up, what up, what up? So they do pinstripe strongs. They work with John Boy Media. They both do a great job. Big forces on Yankees Twitter. So a lot of stuff to talk about today, although not really because nothing's going on still. For the Yankees, at least. That's what it is, man. Kind of anticipate it's going to be a super slow off season. I mean, yeah. I, I, I'm not surprised, you know. Like uh, some people we are wait. surprised. We wait. Think, <laughs> We're supposed to sign all these guys, and I'm like, ah, I don't see it. I don't see it happening. Yeah, I mean, everything's held up on DJ right now, and we know what Keith's been through. So, Joe's, we haven't talked to you before, so we're curious. How did you get started? How did you become a Yankees fan, and what led you to this point? Because I've known you for a few years on Twitter. You've been one of the bigger forces on there. You're a huge Yankees fan, diehard, and we're thankful that you decided to come on today, both of you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for having us. Um, well, I became – how did I become a Yankee fan? I became a Yankee fan because well, I'm from the Bronx, right? So it's <laughs> <laughs> like a local team. <laughs> one. Two, uh, I guess back in 94 when I first stepped foot into the stadium, the old stadium, and I seen the grass and I seen all of the stuff and just the smells and everything, I kind of just, just fell in love with it. And baseball's always been my favorite sport. And then going from there to then – Yankees and then this I like a lot of the history part of it you know I'm like uh as well not that I like use the history all the time if I need to I need to but I just like having it there you know and uh just knowing uh knowing all that stuff and uh other teams their fan base they they don't know their own history because they don't really you know there's one guy there's a video going around where there's one guy you know Manny Ramirez, he's the guy with a Boston Red Sox hat. And he's like, hey, man, that's a, that's a nice hat, man. Who's your favorite Red Sox player? And the guy's like, yo, are you serious? This is, you know, my wife? Like, what do you – like, he's like, didn't even recognize him, doesn't even know who he is. I'm like, oh, man, couldn't be me. Uh, but I don't know. I just freaking uh, love the Yankees. I used to go over there as soon as I started learning to learn how to – well, as soon as I learned how to ride a bike, bro, that's the first place they used to go, just to go around. That's awesome. It. I couldn't even afford to go in, but uh, just to go around it, just to see the players going in. But that's that's basically it. So, who's your favorite Yankee of all time? Oh, uh, Mariano Rivera. I like that one. Yeah, more Rivera. I just think he's, you know, the the best players to ever do it. Um, play on that field. Uh, I was always reminded by that, by my uncle. Uh, he used to tell me anybody that steps foot onto that field and plays on a major league roster is shit. And what they did to get up there, you guys have no idea. Uh, it's probably the hardest sport to make it up to the big league level, you know, uh, because all of the other sports, if you get drafted, you know, not that I'm saying that, chances are you're probably going to at least get an opportunity to play in that top sports uh, highest level. But baseball's not like that. You can be drafted number one and never make it to the major leagues. Absolutely. You might not even make it back past double A, you know? So it's a lot. <laughs> you got to deal with a lot of failure. So he was telling me that, you know, anybody that sets foot on that major league field, 
is uh, is the shit. So, um, and for me to see grown men, you know, that are at the top of their level, once they hear Enter Sandman, I just feel like, yeah, this shit's over. I can't hit it. I know it. I know what's coming. I just can't do it. I just there's just <laughs> something about that. that's just like, whoa, that's crazy. And people are surprised when they do it. So they they're so happy that they're like, you know. So to me, when it's a, when it's a surprise when you fail in a in a sport that is based on basically failure, mm -hmm. uh, I think that that's that to me you goaded. Yeah. Absolutely. I love Mariano Rivera too. And hearing Enter Sandman, literally, I used to hope I'd go to Yankee games where Mo would come in. Anytime I went to a Yankee game, I'm like, oh, will we see Mariano? Will we hear Enter Sandman? I, I, that's one thing I loved going to games and seeing yeah. that. I'm like, let's see Mariano today. Let's get a 4 1 victory today. Yeah. I was like, yo, let's see. And the thing is, is about how long he does it, bro. And you don't really see relievers. Do it for that long. You see him for like yeah. little periods, you know. Like you'll have your Eric Gagne, he'll dominate, and Mariano just keeps going, just keeps going, you know. And uh, you gotta respect that. Absolutely. Yeah, we definitely miss Mariano. He was a staple for the Yankees. I think we almost took him for granted because he was so good, so consistent. Yeah. No one can replace him. Chapman's good, even despite the two hookups, but he's now Mariano Rivera, obviously. And we're never going to see someone like that again. He's the best to ever do it, for sure. You can pitch right now if you want to. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, just throw that cutter. Put that cutter down. It'll still break a few bats here and there. That was his signature. But speaking of current stuff, so what do you guys think about the DJ situation? Do you guys think we have anything to worry about? Or you think it's just going to take a lot of time and the Yankees will get it done? I mean, if you ask me, I, I, mean, I think we should be worrying yes, just because – it's the weight and the unknown and other teams and all the rumors that we've heard about DJ wanting a five-year deal or a six-year deal or 20 million AAV. And it's like, on the other side, you hear that the Yankees lost money and the Yankees took a hit and they're not going to be making any big splashes and they're not willing to go more than four. So yeah, you should be worried. But uh, from everything else that I've heard, you know, um, from DJ, from the Yankees, from people like in the Yankees, DJ doesn't want to go anywhere else. So if you don't want to go anywhere else, like the money's got to be just in the ballpark of what you want, what you need, what you're worth. And I don't think anyone is going to come in and steal DJ like a Mets, let's say, because the Mets owner is willing to spend. I think the Yankees have the money that it takes to keep DJ here. They're just going to keep waiting to see what the market does. Maybe he gets an offer from somewhere. Maybe some rumor leaks that, uh, the Nationals offer him something, but I think we we should just wait it out and chill. Last year, you know, we signed Garrett Cole this week. Uh, three years ago, we signed Giancarlo Stanton this week. This second week of December, there's always moves being made, obviously with winter meetings. So I think if we just waited out a little longer, mm -hmm. DJ DJ's working out with the Yankees, right? You know, if he didn't want to be a Yankee, he'd be holding out and be staying far Absolutely. away from the Yankees in the facility. If it was bad blood, like, he wouldn't be around. So I think that the Yankees and DJ are on good terms. It's just a matter of waiting out the market and seeing where the numbers fall. And more and more I'm thinking about it, I think the Yankees are going to win this one as far as getting a friendly deal, maybe four years with an option for five, and the money not being that crazy. But 
being enough for our MVP, DJ LeMayu. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, it's holding up everything. But you know what? I do like our chances. Keith, I agree with you. You know what? We should be a little bit worried because you never know. Somebody could swoop in and give him that five years, $100 million that he wants. And he's like, okay, you know what? I'll take the money. But honestly, from what we all hear, he loves being a Yankee. I think the Yankees will give him something. Four years, eighty between 80 and $88 million, I think, is perfect for him. But honestly, you know what? I would – if I were the Yankees, I would give him the five for a hundred because you know what? Look at what he's done since he's got here. I think he deserves it. And he, if we lose him, we're our lineup loses a major piece. Yeah. I mean, if you hear pinstripe strong for the last two episodes, I've been going in on give him five. Yeah. And uh, before the, before the report came out that it was five years, a hundred million, I had said, I don't care if it's five <laughs> years, a hundred million. Like, this guy should retire in pinstripes. Mm -hmm. He's the MVP of this team, in my opinion. Um, in the last two years, he has changed what this lineup looks like being our leadoff, leadoff hitter. Right. He's come in clutch. He battled COVID. Um, he came in here on a two-year, $24 million deal, so we owe him. I'm like, give this man his payday. He hasn't had one in his MLB career, and he's had a hell of a career being the only AL and NL batting champion. Uh, finishing third in MVP votes this year. I, I only expect that from him for, for the years to come. I don't think his bat is going to age like some people think. I understand you don't want to have a 37-year-old second baseman, but, like, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Like, as of right now, I think we got to lock that guy down. And if it's, it's going to take a little bit more money, that is our big fish this year. That is the biggest move that we can make yeah. to get better in this offseason. And I got, I got faith. In, in cash, we trust. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, always talking about the big fish. Last year, we got the big fish in Cole. And this year, I think we're going to get the big fish in LeMayhew. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah, it's very similar because we're waiting for ZJ to see what else the Yankees do. And last year was all about Garrett Cole. And all they did last year was add Brett Gardner after they signed Garrett Cole. Hopefully we see a little bit more this year once, once they re-sign ZJ, which we still think is going to happen. What do you guys think the Yankees will do if that happens? And what else will they add? Do you guys think that Tanaka will be back? I mean, there's been a lot of talk about that. Hope thinks he'll be back, but then Passon said that he won't be back. And the Yankees pitching behind Garrett Cole is a huge question mark to me. Uh, yeah, I mean, they need to – the Yankees definitely need to shore up their starting pitching. I think they need another bullpen arm um, or two. <laughs> I agree with that. I think they do. Um, I, I don't think you should go into the season with maybe Davey Garcia being your number two. I don't know. Maybe that's not, <laughs> that's not too conducive to – not that I'm saying that he can't do it, but, you know, kid's second season, I'm going to put him there. I don't think that that's a good idea. Um, you know, they're, they're talking about that the Yankees are really in on the um, – the, the new Japanese pitcher, the Tasumo, I think. Yeah, I look up his name. It, it's like Tomoyaki. <laughs> um, and so th there's that. But as long as the Yankees don't completely ignore pitching, which I think, you know, of course, you know, everybody wants to sign DJ, but I think that the biggest thing that the Yankees need to do is shore up their starting pitching, because 
that was the fact that they felt that the need to go with the opener game two, I think yeah. that we can all agree is why they probably lost the LDS. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think that, you know, maybe, you know, showing up to starting pitching, of course, you're getting her mom back. But I, I want the Yankees to sure it up without having to worry about, oh, shit, okay, Herman's coming back. Oh, Severino's coming back, you know? So I think those things should be, like, pluses, you know, uh, rather than things that you're depending on. Because then, uh, I mean, I'm sure Cash knows that, I hope. Uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, that's basically what, what I think. Um, I don't think the Yankees are going to be playing around in the – Bower Waters or anything like that. But I do think that you'll be like, they may get a deal for certain people. You'll be like, oh, wow, you got them for that much? Because I really do think this year, this season is going to be the year of the one-year deal. And I think a lot of people are going to use, because of last year's, you know, 60-game season and things, or this season, they just passed. 60-game season and... Uh, let me just reset my market, you know, and go out there again, go ahead and do it. Uh, I think we're going to see a lot of that and a lot of uh, surprising deals or trades. See. Yeah, I think you made a good point about that because also the CBA expires. That's another reason for one-year deals because a lot of people are uncertain of what new things to look for. Is there going to be a salary cap? Will player contracts go up? Will they go down because of all the stuff with COVID? Will things be better by 22? I would think so. But there's a lot of uncertainty. So I definitely agree the one-year deal is going to be a big thing. I can see the Yankees signing a few guys like a Kluber, maybe like a Shane Green, some like decent buy-low candidates that won't break the bank maybe. I also think Schwarber might be on the cards too, but that has nothing to do with pitching. Yeah. If they're telling people, if they're telling people, Hey, you know what? Prepare for no DH, which is stupid, by the way. It's just agree. Yeah, we agree. <laughs> with that. What are we doing here? And they're just like using it as some negotiating tactic. That's so terrible. Dumb. Then you're gonna have NL teams that are either not gonna. That's half the teams that are not gonna be offering certain hitters money. So maybe hitters may fall down and things like that. And I don't know. So. um I'll anticipate that. I think that's why the DJ thing is taking so long because the Yankees don't want to set the market too high for something when they don't even know where the market is yet. Um, who's who, who, who do you think is probably the highest person on this market? We could say DJ, but I think Springer is probably the youngest, no? Like in terms of like top top tier talent, you get Springer and then... Turn- Real Muto is 30. Yep. Springer is, Springer's 30. I think he's 31 and then Bauer's 30. So they're all in that ballpark. Okay. How old is Ozuna? Ozuna is a year older than them, I think, too. The yeah. big fish are, are Bauer, Real Muto, Springer, um, LeMahieu, Ozuna. And then you got, obviously, yeah, we already was... spoke on Schwarber. How, how old is Ozuna? Ozuna's 30. Okay, so these guys they're are all mostly in that 30. Sweet spot, yeah. And, uh, you know, Man, it's, it's interesting, right? Because we got this DH thing in play where, you know, that changes the market for a Kyle Schwarber or a Marcel Ozuna right away if that was flipped the other way where they just kept the NL DH like we just had in these 60 games. No one complained about it. And if they did complain about them, like complain about it, those people were in a small minority. Uh, I didn't really just hear anybody fine. talking about like they're not happy about it. 
Like, not even NL fans. I think the NL fans liked it too much. They liked having that extra bat in their lineup. Like, I know the, I mean, I know the Braves loved it because it gave them some flexibility. They had a better year with the uh, DH. But, yeah, it changes the market. And, like I said, it, we wait. This is the offseason. We wait. Winter meetings is, uh, well, virtual winter meetings is yeah. scheduled for yeah. the 10th. And, like, some things will start to happen. We saw the trade with Lance Lynn. And so that takes Lance Lynn off the board. And then Yankee fans want to talk about Sonny Gray coming back. I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> uh, but you mentioned Shane Green in a reunion with him. Uh, I don't think that'll happen either. I do see Tanaka coming back, though, because I just don't think Tanaka wants to be anywhere else. Yeah, uh, He's ours. Like, too. he's kind of like our child. Like, we brought him into this world. <laughs> and uh, he's, if he wants to stay in this world, he'll probably wait to see what happens with LeMayu and – everything else falling into place. And here's another uh, couple names to mention, um, Archie Bradley and Brad Hand, mm -hmm. right? When we're talking about one-year deals, we're talking about shoring up our bullpen that has lost Tommy Canely, uh, Adam Adovino, who we haven't lost him, but he was shaky last year. Um, right. You know, those guys on one-year deals would be phenomenal for us. And Archie Bradley just posted himself with the CC Sabathia yep. jersey on. Just gonna oh, wow, did Shouting out yes, kid. I'm like, this guy wants to come to New York. He's flexing a CC jersey and, <laughs> oh, and kid. Um, shout out to Ronnie Feig. If you guys know Ronnie, Ronnie's a Yankee fan, and he made some Yankees kith merch. So I'm like, go get Archie Bradley. I know John Boy has been, been screaming that for over a year, maybe two now, actually. Yeah, um, I saw Archie Bradley with that picture with the CC jersey, and I'm just like, oh, the writing's on the wall. Definitely. Yeah. He's, bring him in. Literally, he wants to – and also, he looked pretty good in, the, in pinstripes. In pinstripe, I'm like, that. yo, this dude wants to come to New York. He's uh, rocking Kith. He's rocking the 52 pinstripe jersey. No name on the back. He knows the deal. Oh, I, that was awesome. I'm like, oh, that, I feel like that's going to happen. With Tanaka, I agree with you. He's like our child. He's not going to go branch off elsewhere. I think he comes back. Um, in terms of the DH, I, I agree with you. I think the universal DH is something that should be – going on for years and years to come. I said that uh, on a podcast we did yesterday is that the universal DH benefits everybody. And I said last night, National League teams that have the DH, this helps them out more than anything. And I think like the Braves, Cardinals, and especially the Dodgers, that's who it really helps yep. out. Universal DH makes the Dodgers more lethal, just makes them more, much better yeah. and tougher to beat. Um, oh, by the way, I think uh, Ken Rosenthal said that uh, James McCann and the Mets getting close about. I, I I felt that one yeah, coming. I think in. the Mets are going to spend a lot of money. Last night I'm glad I, to talk this one. Let's see. The last McCann. night I said the Mets were going to flex and spend a lot of money. McCann, I think, is their move away from Real Muto because how much Real Muto is going to cost? You go get James McCann, who uh, is not too far off as far as production from a Real Muto. Obviously, he's a lesser known name, but that's because he split time with Yasmani Grandal right. in Chicago last year, and then oh. he was in Detroit the years before. But the Mets, they better go get Springer now. Like, if you, like if you, spe if you spend less on the catcher to get McCann and not Real Muto, go get George Springer. Bring Absolutely. him to New York so I can go to City Field and boo <laughs> him and hit trash cans <laughs> and call him a cheater. Uh, <laughs> I think it's going to happen. I think the writing's on the wall for that one because just the fact that they're shifting to McCann tells you they want Springer more than JT. And mm -hmm. it's not like they don't have the money to give Springer one of the few teams that could give him a respectable offer at this point. I really think it's Mets or Blue Jays. And the Mets, I don't think, are going to be denied for Springer. Mm. 
Yeah. Kind of interesting there. Um, other people are going to have a lot more fun this uh, this offseason. I don't know. I don't think that the Yankees. I think that the fact that we've seen that little <laughs> report that came out that said, once again, Yankees are talking about record losses. I'm like, again, we're talking about this? All right. Well, yeah. right ahead of winter meetings conveniently? Okay. I know. It's not this, what you want to hear with everything this, going on. This is the Yankees. It seems they'll, they'll, make, they'll find ways to make money. Yeah, that's cr- isn't it crazy to I you know, guys? Right? Like it we're really all wearing is. like Yankees merch. Exactly. We all we all like buy tickets. I even tweeted out yesterday. Have you bought tickets? Because the Yankee ticket office is sending ticket emails with deals that I know some people are buying tickets for next year mm. without being even fifty percent sure if. <laughs> some of these games are going to happen. And then the Yankees are crying, bro. I haven't either. No, I haven't either. I'm waiting this thing out. I'm holding my bread because I know once you put that money down, you don't know when you're going to get that back or go to that game. But yeah, Also, where are you going to end up sitting, too? Like, it probably won't even be the same seat you picked. Right, because they got to space everyone out. They're not going to put 50,000 people in there on opening day. If If they're even allowed by opening day, which just looking at the time right now, I don't think by April 1st, New York is going to say, yeah, have 20,000 people in Yankee Stadium because the Bronx is always hot. Like, it just it just has been yeah. hot through this whole COVID and thing. But the last thing on the Yankees is, right, it's, it's a double-edged sword. They sell the most tickets. They make the most money off the gate. They have the highest attendance. They have one of the most expensive ballparks. So when 2020 hits, they miss out on all that money. And now they're in the 2020 free agency or off season saying, Hey, we don't got it. I, I, I don't got anything. Uh, I can't, I can't pay for these guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's really a messed up situation with everything going on. Also, will we even start the season on time? I'm doubtful that that too, it might be a May start and spring training might get pushed back. Like just to try to make more fans come in the gates potentially, but yeah, I'm not buying tickets yet, so I know what's going on. Like, we could always get yeah. them later. There's the plenty of spots to say. Like, I'm not rushing to buy those right now. I know some of my friends have. They're like, you should look at this. I'm like, let's just see what happens. Right. Are you guys planning to go to spring training this year? Because, like, now I'm having those conversations. And, uh, like, mm-hmm. one of my boys in Tampa, he's like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not planning on going. And I'm like, why? He's like, because I know the numbers are still going to be high and it's going to be limited. Like, it's not going to be a regular spring training that I'm used to. And he goes – he lives down there, so he goes every year. I know you moved uh, You moved to Tampa this year, so I guess maybe share with us what you guys are thinking or what you guys know about spring training. Well, right now, um, from what I'm hearing here is that they're hopeful it goes on in February. And the one thing, I'm happy to be here in Tampa, moving, not only because of the weather, but uh, it's really cold actually outside right now. But um, It's snowing outside my window in New Jersey right now. It's snowing? (laughs) The first snowfall I'm I'm literally staring at right now. Oh, God. Then I'm I'm not going to complain about being cold down here. People from Florida uh, talk to me about cold. What is it? What is it? 50, bro? Uh, I, I just 55, something like oh, that. Oh, that's I, so bad. I feel yeah. so bad for you. No, but, uh, <laughs> but no, um, the one thing I'm happy about, hopefully that it happens in February because not only is the Super Bowl here and that's still happening, oh, yeah. but, um, I want to cover have that. for that too. I'm yep, going to have plans for that, that, but trying nice. to, um, to, uh, I'm not going to be able to go to the game. You should see down here. I tried to, um, get tickets for a Bucks game because I just want to go do something down here. The numbers are high, but the Florida governor 
forgive my language, doesn't give a shit. He's like, you want to go to a game? <laughs> yeah, no. do what go you ahead, do what you got to do. <laughs> Crazy goes, how different goes, it is. Yeah, it's like a different world. So it I really is. Buccaneers tickets just, just for the hell of it. And it was um, Buccaneers Saints at the time. Mm. Brady wanted to go. To sit upstairs because it's spaced out $750. I'm like, yeah, nah, nah, I'm not doing that. I'm good with just sitting, watching it here. And then um, even trying to go to, like, not a big game, like the Rams game, uh, Buccaneers-Rams, the tickets were high priced. But the Super Bowl is going to be high. But the one thing that everybody down here who I talked to, I talked to somebody in the grocery store. who's I was wearing uh, my uh, Judge shirt, and he was just like um, – what do you think? I'm like, I'm just hoping it happens, you know, and especially the city of Tampa, because it brings a lot of people in. It brings a lot yeah. of revenue and everything. And I've never been to spring training. This is going to be my first year, but I will tell you this. If it happens, which right now, you know what? It's up in the air. They're hopeful. It happens. I'm going to definitely go. I'll wear my mask. I'll do what I got to do, especially because mm. I'm only 15 minutes from <laughs> yeah, you uh, George Steinbrenner Field. So that's definitely something. So like, everybody down here is just hopeful it happens, especially me. I'll tell you this. There's a lot – when the Rays were in it, I heard a lot of shit, and I, I couldn't go anywhere. Everyone's <laughs> staring at me like, oh, yeah, Yankees suck. And then uh, – <laughs> Did they just, win uh, that World Series? Yeah, I was just – and then after they lost, I, I saw – one oh, person lost, he worked yeah. in one of he worked in Walmart and I looked at him and I wore a shirt and I'm just like oh oh congrats on the uh, World Series win oh yeah sorry you didn't get it so take care <laughs> hey, uh, but um no we're just oh, we're just hopeful for them. <laughs> we're hopeful I I will tell you this though um George Steinbrenner Field I when I moved down here in July I went and looked at it it's beautiful yeah, absolutely it's beautiful great place and it's right next door to Raymond James Stadium. Yeah. So it's all in that right sports complex. And when in February, I'll tell you this, if it all happens, fingers crossed and it does, I'm going to be there and I'll be there bright and early trying to get some stuff. I hope if it happens, I hope you guys definitely come down because definitely would love to meet up and get some stuff going. Yeah, we haven't seen Keith since last year, January, like before the world ends. And we saw him at the Michael K event. And that's yeah. when we first built this connection. Well, you messaged me before, but that's when we really met. It was fun and all that. I just missed that. But in terms of spring training, yeah, everything Bobby said is basically true. Like, my trip is booked in case it happens that week, but I can change it and like, put it to whenever it gets switched. I could have credits or whatever. But we're hoping that it happens. It's going to be weird, probably. Um, I we used to I used to love to just go and do previews and recaps. Last year I got the clips of Cole. You can see Raymond James Stadium in the background. It was such a mm -hmm. sick overhang. But I'm just hopeful it happens. We'll have to see. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm keeping my ear to the streets. Uh, as in, like I'm trying to hear what ev like everyone's saying in Tampa, in New York, yeah. MLB offices, people connected with the Yankees. Like mm -hmm. we're so close to. 2021 months, yeah it, like to me i just i'm like there's not enough time yeah. for like the vaccine and for yeah, other things now know. what i will say is like the nba starts two weeks from yesterday mm -hmm. they're gonna push forward the nfl hasn't canceled a game they're gonna push forward so if the other leagues are pushing forward mlb is gonna push forward as well because it's mm -hmm. about money and it's about yeah. getting ready for absolutely 162 games and, so, and trying yeah. to recoup some of that loss with a full season so we have practice, right? We 
the, the 60 game season was practiced for how to, to go about this spring training, wear masks, social distance, throw the ball away after it's been, you know, around the, the horn. Like there's little things that they put in protocols last year that they can follow going into spring training. But the real question for me is like the fans, us, people that cover the game, people that watch the game, people that right. love the game. Do we get to go into George M. Steinbrenner Field? That's Which a big is, question. Yeah. It's one of the bigger, better stadiums down there as far as, yeah. um, you know, attendance or, you know, capacity. So if they're, if they're letting people in at like 50% capacity, then like I'm trying to see that info. And, and we yeah. would know as soon as like January, like as soon as, as soon as we're in like mid-January, People start making plans, booking spring training, mm -hmm. and we need to know by then. So, fingers That's crossed. That's a good that. point because if there's limited access, we got to get in there first. Like, we got to know, like, right away, basically, what the deal is and just, like, act on it because maybe they'll charge us now because it used to be free to go in there. Now maybe yeah. they're going to charge to get the people in. Like, who knows? But, yeah, we'll definitely keep our eyes out for it. I'll we'll definitely you know keep you guys anything, updated like, if I hear anything down here. I guess, yeah. I yeah, guess tweet it out. Up, I can see them straight up, like, skipping the whole spring training attendance thing. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Like, tough. They might just do spring training with no fans. Or at the and ballparks, I heard, too. They might just do it how they did it last time and have them at their stadiums again. I don't know if that would actually happen, but I saw that idea somewhere. I hope not. I hope that – I hope everything – you know what? Well, hopefully in January, you know, things are calmed down and we could definitely do that because the one thing I – last year, you know what? I kind of regret not going. I wish I could have, but it was so – um. So um, after, after we went to San Diego for the winter meeting, so I ended up just staying back and seeing it and how much stuff you could do and what all you guys got, all your content and everything. But, yeah, down here, I'll definitely keep you guys posted if I hear anything. I'm definitely starting in January, I'm going to start taking a ride out there and even seeing if even workers who are even there, I'll even be like, yeah. hey, you know, you hearing anything, you know, can you let us know, you know, if they're going to allow anything? Or, and I'll keep you guys posted, definitely. But yeah, I mean, um, I, I hope to make a trip down there. We had a good time last year. Um, I hope to be able to do, you know, more than we did last year. We only went down there for like a weekend last year. I had plans before COVID, obviously, of going down to spring training for a week and like mm -hmm. Linking up with guys like you guys, no, you know, yeah. that do what we do, having cross pods, creating videos and content, Absolutely. talking about, you know, whatever rumors or whatever news is going on in the Yankee world. So hopefully we get to do something like that. Um, but we don't know. And it's crazy to not know. Two as months it's, away. You know, yeah, it, yeah it's, it's two months from now. So we'll see. Yeah, we just we just got to see what happens. So either of you guys or anyone, do you guys have any trade targets that no one's talking about maybe or maybe some players you'd like to see the Yankees move? I mean, me and Bobby have talked about Otto getting moved, but it would really just be like a salary dump. If the Yankees also miss out on DJ, what would your guys' plan Bs be? Everyone's saying Michael Brantley. And I was like, why not both? But if we're not yeah, spending, we're not thing. getting both. Um, and I wanted Michael Brantley two years ago before the – Cheating Astros took him, and he was available. But, you know, our, our outfield is kind of crowded. But that bat, and we need a lefty bat. And, like, he's, like, the perfect guy. Like, I just mm -hmm. – I mean, I, I obviously, like, have faith in, like, Clint and Gardy, Talkman, I guess. But they're not Michael Brantley. Like, if Michael no, Brantley yeah. is available, go get him. Yeah. Um, Michael Brantley, 
would be a guy. I think you would at that point you would then go into like that spread the wealth kind of thing. If you don't sign DJ LeMayhew, that you take that twenty twenty five million dollars that you would give him and kind of spread it around uh, two or three positions and try to fill it up. Maybe get a bullpen piece, get a um, uh, get a, a better backup infielder. I think um, I did want. I wanted like a Jose Iglesias, but not, that's not that's already done. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not that I'm giving up on Glaber, but just somebody that can be able to push him. Where if things are like really bad defensively, I just be like, all right, Glaber, I'm moving you over to second, and <laughs> I'm moving somebody else over uh, to short. Maybe Alderson Simmons kind of thing. I don't know. And then if you wanted to do a, um, you know, the Michael Bradley, you could do that, or maybe even put in extra money and get another starter, a couple of starters. So that's the only thing that I could be able to say that you could do. I mean, for the, ro- for the rotation, who are you guys thinking about? Because we need, in my yeah. opinion, we need another starter. And it should be a veteran. Mm-hmm. I like the, the Tomoyuki Sugano guy out of uh, the you Amori Giants. Like, I've been reading about him because his name's coming up out of, you know, the Japanese league. And they're saying the Padres um, – the Giants, the San Francisco Giants, and the Yankees are the three top suitors. So, in my opinion, I'm like, that's a no-brainer. I mean, the Padres are becoming a more attractive location. Right. Unless he's but, a uh, post-team guy. You know, if right. He is, but like, if it's like those two teams on the West Coast, Tanaka, get on the phone and tell this guy, like, nah, yeah. I got it all set up in New York. Let's get both of them. I'll be down to get both of them a call today. Why not? Because the other options on the free agent market are terrible, honestly. Like, Oda Rizzi's not really – doesn't really do it for me. Jose Quintana eats innings, but he's really not that great. And then there's Corey Kluber's a huge injury risk, who I could see us signing, but he hasn't played in, like, two years almost. So that's a big, big risk. But if you sign for, like, $5 million or, like, six or seven or something, I wouldn't hate it. Maybe it'll, maybe they could get him the rebound on Matt Blake. And then trade targets, we lost Lynn, obviously. Sonny Gray, absolutely not. Like, no, that's no, said and done. Like, he just nope. can't pitch here. Even Rothschild or no Rothschild, he just doesn't have the makeup, I think, to pitch in New York. Mm-hmm. I think that Musgrove could be an interesting target, but I don't know if the Yankees want to pay what it's going to take. And, and outside the – maybe not too outside the box, but I don't know if the Cubs would do this. Is, uh, Kyle Hendricks would be perfect. I've been beating oh, the drum like for that. Kyle Hendricks, but I don't know if that would actually happen. Marco Gonzalez is another guy. That's a good one. Cashman loves people like that and loves people from Seattle. I don't know. I don't know what the hell Seattle's doing, what they're planning on doing, but uh, making a low amount. uh, Lefty eats innings. I could see Marco Gonzalez as well as a target. Uh, There hasn't been any rumors or rumblings, but, you know, I know, you know, somebody had brought it up to me before and then I started looking into it. I'm like, hey, you know what? This kind of makes sense. So maybe a Marco Gonzalez, probably. I've heard of him before, too, actually. That's not the first time I've heard that. I don't know mm-hmm. if the Seahawks well, – Seahawks, Jesus. Mariners <laughs> would do it. But, not um, yeah, right? <laughs> I don't know if the Mariners would do it, but that's an right. interesting name, lefty. The Yankees could actually use some lefties because Paxton and Happ are going to most likely be gone, and then all they're going to have is Monty and everyone else is the righty. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind slotting a lefty in there. But all these targets we mentioned are righties, so I don't even know if there's really that guy out there. Chapman. Be- Chapman can start. <laughs> yep, that was the Michael K idea. That one kind of that one really surprised me. I wasn't expecting uh, that at all. I'm good on that. 
I'm so good <laughs> on that. It's not even funny. It's like, why? What are we doing here? Like, nah, he's our closer, and like, he's he. We paid him to be our closer, and I do in my mind see like Chapman closing the World Series for the Yankees. I just, yep. I feel like he's had the you know back to back years that were mm-hmm. rough endings for him. He almost had a rough ending in the one World Series that he did pitch in but I just I just think there's like a writing on the wall type of thing like a redemption type of thing for Aroldis Chapman to close the World Series for the Yankees in the next couple of years so right. nah, I don't I don't want to see him as a starter that guy is one of the <laughs> best closers ever let's just keep him there yeah I don't want to see him as a starter either I I actually really like Aroldis Chapman I th- I, I love when uh he comes in at Yankee Stadium you see all throughout the uh grandstands the flames the flamethrower uh I went to a Yankee game a few years ago, and that's when our bullpen, well, we always had it stacked, and it was, um, he was coming in, and it was Yankees-Mets, and one of the guys looks at his friend who's a Mets fan. He goes, oh, the flamethrower's coming in. It's over. Just let's go. We're going home now. It's shutting down. I, I love Chapman. I know it's been hot and cold with mm-hmm. him, but I want to see when the Yankees go to the World Series, because it will happen, I want to see him closing it out with literally a 105-mile-an-hour fastball right down the middle that no one could hit. That's what I want to see. That would be nice. Yeah. Would be nice. Indeed. Absolutely. Yeah, we want to see him get his redemption for sure because he's really been uh, the end the last two years. It's unfortunate. I think he's gotten a few bad breaks, bad pitches, bad execution. Mm-hmm. Like last – it's just crazy because he gets beat on the slider and the next year he gets beat in the fastball and <laughs> probably should have switched the sequence up on both of them. But oh, I don't know. And I'm still – why he pitched Altuve when Marisnik on second, I'll still never understand. Yeah. But that's a whole other discussion. But in terms of bullpen arms, we've talked a little bit. Who are some guys you guys would like to see the Yankees pick up, maybe to bolster that bullpen? Yeah, I mean, I threw Brad Hand and Archie Bradley out mm-hmm. there, and I think those two guys are guys that we can afford and also give one-year deals, and they would make perfect sense. And I, I know there's probably other guys out there that I'm not thinking of uh, that Cashman will be, you know, he'll do a little Cashman find, and, <laughs> uh, you know, it'll be like, right. uh, you know, something that won't cost us too much, but a good enough reliever, so – you know, I, I don't have any guys in mind outside of Archie Bradley and Brand, Brad Hand right now, but I know there's somebody out there that Cashman's going to bring in once the bigger deals get done. Right. Word, Nesta Cortez in them. Nesta Cortez <laughs> coming back. All these Yankee reunions, like, we were talking about that in the office yesterday. Like, uh, that's why uh, John Boy was talking about um, was Javier. Uh, <laughs> I can't remember who it was because I was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, and this isn't Andy Pettit and Roger Clemens. This is uh, this is more like because we were talking about Sonny Gray. Yes, yes. <laughs> we were like, just like if you're trying to bring a pitcher back, mm. like the risk in bringing a pitcher back and them sucking twice is too large to take on. And yeah, I don't yeah. see someone like Brian Cashman like putting that on his resume too many times. It's already been done before. But I don't see him taking that risk too many times, like Javier Vasquez. Yeah, everyone's bringing up Vasquez when I was talking about Lance Lane. They keep throwing Javi in my face. I'm like, it's a little bit different. Vasquez didn't want to go back to the Yankees at all, and he was, like, really comfortable with the Braves. So, like, I don't know. But I get what you're saying. Sometimes he didn't want the re-threads. Although Shane Green was really young when we had him. I really think he could help us out now if they wanted to go down that road. Also, Rosenthal's an interest in Kansas. I would like to get – Trevor Rosenthal, he was pretty good last year. Okay. Yeah, we need it, man. We need it. Um, like I said, with the Canely injury, we should have got someone last year to, I don't know, try and make up for that at least. 
And Cashman at both of the trade deadlines in 2020 and 2019 said, we're good. There was nothing available for us. You know, we're going to ride with the guys we got. Mm-hmm. And then we get into the postseason and it's like, uh, yeah, well, we could have used another reliever mm-hmm. here. We needed Twice. someone else to go Twice. to. We, we put Chapman, and that's what I was going to say before, we also put Chapman in tough positions. We put Chapman Absolutely. in a position that most guys are going to fail. Like, yeah, go out there in the seventh inning. Get me nine tough, out. <laughs> even CT was like, what the fuck is that? Like, Bro, <laughs> yeah, that was bad. Yeah. He was like, what is that? What are we doing here? Like, What, well, do you expect Chapman to get eight outs? What was it, seven, eight outs? Like, come on now. So like, this is, this is not, this can't be the plan. Yeah, like, that, this is it has the plan. to be better than that. Yeah. That's why I, I, you know, with the whole Ottavino thing, you brought it up earlier. I probably, I'm probably on that train as well. But I don't know if the Yankees want to wait up and see. But um, I don't know what the hell happened to Ottavino. Me yeah. either. Like, he can just, he get right? He, Do we think he can get fixed. Like he did after. All right. So after the Blue Jays game, where I don't know, they hit a grand slam off of him. Uh, he did have some better outings. Like he did come back and he was he was throwing frisbees. Yeah, yeah. But like, can he consistently get out? Like, I just don't trust him. Once once yeah. a guy loses your trust, we're all Yankee fans. Yeah. Once a guy loses yeah. your trust and they roll him out there, whether it's Sessa, whoever it is, whether it's uh Jonathan Holder. Well, Holder's gone, so he'll go. Happy about Trails, him Jonathan Holder. Yeah. You know, you, you just <laughs> you don't feel confident with these guys after that. Right, right, right. Um I don't know. We got to shore up the pen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now go ahead, Jules. You got it. Oh, no. Are you, I thought you were going to ask something. No, I was going to say, like, with Adovino, I'm actually uh, disappointed. You know, I, I think his slider is filthy. Mm. I think when it's on, it's one of the top, It's one of the nicest pitches I've ever seen. It's so, but he has no control over it. It's, it kind of reminds me of uh, A.J. Burnett and his knuckle curve. When it was on, it's on. When it's not, it's terrible. So, hopefully he can – Fix it, but it wasn't too promising last year. Issues with him is just him pitching with runners on, bro. He cannot hold runners on, man. Like, and, and people run rough shot on him, and you know he takes. He has like this, not, not a wind up, but like even the slide step is kind of like, whoa, bro. He take forever. Yeah, yeah, long. And he started thinking about base runners a little bit too much. You could tell it was in his head when he was out there on the mound, and that's a problem. Yeah, Keith made a good point before about how they lost the trust. Hoek was saying the same thing that Aaron Boone has no trust in the last two postseasons. So how do you get in, how do you build that back? I'm not sure. But he's like this type of dude that has a good year and a bad year. And it was a weird season, so maybe he could bounce back this year. But could he get back in the Yankees' trust into a big spot? It seems unlikely based on the last two years. Right. So like we we can't be counting on him. He'll he'll be there if we don't move him, but we can't be counting on him, and I expect there to be moves made for uh, another guy to come out of the bullpen and not out of Vino. But there will be some games that, you know, maybe we have a lead. Maybe we don't have runners on. Like, that's the thing. Don't put him in the game with runners on, and it's a close game, or we're down. Like, it's only going to make it worse. I think out will get chances, but I think there's going to be another uh, guy coming out of the bullpen that we're more confident in. I hope, man. Fingers crossed. Yeah, me too. I'm hoping for that too, man. It can allow for a guy we don't trust. How about that? <laughs> um, absolutely. But with the like, 
I don't know where you guys stand on Gary or where you That's guys. That's a good topic. On, I was going to bring that up. I don't know where you guys stand on like Labor Torres and things like that, but um, you know, I know I know a lot of people are very excited with Gary and freaking I don't know. It's fan base sometimes gets a little toxic, especially on Twitter, because then it just feels like people just want the dude to fail just so they could be right, kind of thing. I'm not even, you know, like for me, I'm like, oh wow, okay, you know, Gary's doing this. And then people are still like, oh, but it's it's only, you know, uh, Dominican League. I'm like, okay, what if he went, I don't know, 0 for 11 with 11 Ks? Would you care? Right. Oh, yeah, I would. Oh, <laughs> how you going to have it both ways? I don't get it. Like, does it matter or not? Like, so yeah, it's, it's kind of weird. 60-game um, season, I think you kind of roll out, kind of rock out with some of the people. You know, I think you give Glaber another chance at short before you hop in Lindor Waters. I think you uh, I think you give Gary another shot, maybe. I think you have a little bit of a shorter leash on, on Gary than what you do on Glaber. And then kind of see where he's going. And then if you got to make a deal at the deadline, you know, then maybe you could do that. It's harder to find catchers, of course. Um, but, I mean, the allure of Gary is just so, like, enticing, it's not even funny, you know, in terms of, like, a, a guy that could be able to put the ball over the fence, as well, you know, as well as he does. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know where the Yankees stand on that. Uh, where do you guys stand on that? I mean, with me, with Gary, you know what? It Last year was really bad, and it's also a confidence thing. When he's struggling at the plate, mm. it's it, – goes to him behind the play, too, and it's really bad. But another yeah. thing with Gary, with me, is I think he's lazy. I, I really do. I uh, When you hit a ground ball, you see him just walk to first base. I get it. If it's a soft grounder and you're out by a mile, yeah, I get it. But then it just seems to me sometimes when you really can stretch it out, he doesn't. And to me, I'm, I'm kind of getting sick of it. And it's, you know what, when Gary's on, he's on. He's one of the best in baseball when it's off. But when he's off, it's really, really bad. In terms of Glaber, though, you know, at short, I think he just struggled. I think with more experience, I think he's going to be fine. I think Glaber's a superstar. I really do. I think we've we got to find in that kid. I think, you know what, wherever you put him, he, he did have his struggles, but I think he's going to be just fine. I'm not panicking on it right now. It, what He did have a lot of errors last year. I think, you know what, with the experience this year, you know what, you'll see him play a lot better. Absolutely. I'm I'm I have a lot of faith in Glaber. I mean, I don't think Gary's lazy. I don't know if lazy is the word because I, I hate that. Yeah. Because going back going back to what my uncle told me with the whole major leaguers and stuff like that, like to me there's no such thing as a lazy like for you to get up there, you really do gotta work. You know what I mean? And I don't if the dude was lazy, I don't think he would be in winter ball right now. Uh but he's I think what it is is that people have this, um, you know, he has like a laid back personality and they kind of equate that to laziness, which I don't know. I could that, understand that. I could understand accurate. that. Uh, um, you know, in terms of running down the line, I, you know, he's had lower body injuries. So I don't know if the Yankees are also telling him, yo, scale it back when you run a first. Because I know Posada did not run out every single ground ball. To first. That was Jeter. Uh, Posada didn't. Catchers are, I think, dealt with differently. You know, I think that they tell them because of the wear and tear of the catcher position and the fact that he has, I'm not making excuses, but the fact that I, I don't really see too many catchers running out 
ground balls going to first base. Like, I don't see that, you know? So I don't know if we, we could be able to – he's not up there to, you know, hit singles, in my opinion. But um, I need him to be on the field and be healthy. I think the, the other years he's gotten hurt, and I think the Yankees are trying to keep him hurt, uh, keep him healthy. So I could so see them telling them, yo, don't bust it down the line like they told Giancarlo, you know? Don't do some of these things, you know? So um, so I, I, think, I think on that part with the Gary side, I don't agree with. With the – I think that when it comes to the defense, I think he does – let his offense affect his defense. Absolutely. Yeah. I do feel I do feel like sometimes he gets into the oh man, one home run will break me out of it kind of thing. Rather than the yeah. what Paul O'Neill was telling him, which is go take the ball the other way, a double, a single the other way, a couple of times will get you going. I think he gets into that mentality. And I think the 60 game season out of probably all of the players is probably the worst for him because once he got down, he tried to play this whole catch-up game yep. <laughs> with the power. And he thought, okay, all I got to do is – like, if you look at his power numbers, power numbers are not – for a 60-game season, they're not bad. But everything else is just atrocious because that's all he's trying to do because he feels like he's trying to make up for it, you know, because you start looking at the back of your baseball card. You know, you're, it's not like Mark Teixeira, for example, right? You remember how Mark Teixeira feels like, oh, yeah. I'll get a, a, a late start. Right. But, you know, as the season gets on, then his numbers catch up to the back of his baseball card. I think with Gary, he kind of felt like I'm not going to catch up this season. Let me just make up for it with the power. And then he got himself into a whole rut. And then people it got to the point where he can't make it up. And then people started getting on him to the point where he lost his confidence. And ba a lot of baseball. Remember, this is a sport that this has to do a lot with failing. And it's a mental game like that. I think he got in his head, which is why I don't have a problem with what's going on in winter ball. You know, I know it's ba is Dominican baseball, guys. It is winter ball. I get it. It's not the major leagues. But seeing, you know, at-bats, seeing more pitchers, you know, being live game situations, you know, kind of getting back to the basics kind of thing, back in the – in the – in the – um in the home grounds, I think kind of would, uh, would benefit him. I think we might see a different Gary. Uh, am I open? I'm open to it, but I just feel like some people are not. I don't know why. Yeah. And I, I hate that with our, with our fan base. I'll try and quickly say what I think about Gary Sanchez. The fat and lazy words being attached to him, they're like unmerited. They're, they're, they're not right. Like, uh, every time you see this guy in the offseason, he looks slim. The picture we just saw of him, his face looks slimmer. Like, he works out. You don't get to this level, like Joe said, with being lazy. You can't be fat. Like, this guy has been a prodigy since he was 16. He's worked his way to get here. Now, I will say the 60-game season was weird, right? You got to get these COVID tests, and you got to go through these protocols. And this was baseball that Gary never played before. Starting, like, stopping. Uh, yeah, starting, stopping. And then also, we, you know, we did have the carryover from 2019 with the injury bug where when Judge goes down, Giancarlo goes down, you, you think Gary's not thinking, yo, it's on me to be the guy to hit the bomb. Right, uh, right, right. Luke Voigt stepped up, yeah. But you think Gary Sanchez isn't thinking, I'm a star on this team. I'm supposed to carry us. That played in. And then I also feel like Gary is a fan favorite, even though a lot of fans hate him. 
right? You know, love and hate are very similar, right? The fans that hate him, they love him too. They just want him to be perfect and he can't be perfect. And without fans in the stands, it's quiet in there. I feel like Gary's the type of guy that feeds off of, he feeds off that. Like he feeds off the fans hearing Gary, Gary. Like (laughs) he didn't have that at all. There's no like adrenaline when you're walking up to the plate in a big spot. So going back to DR, I think is going to be good for him. And, and it's weird because in 2020, right, you're supposed to grind in the dark so you shine in the light. And I say that meaning like you're supposed to practice on your craft quietly in the dark without an audience. You're supposed to work on these little things without being ridiculed because mm-hmm. like these, these games in DR do not count like for no, the Yankees. Right, right. He's supposed to be allowed to go there and practice and work on little things like he did in 2013 and 2014, but we didn't have apps to stream him. We didn't have websites that we could all watch every single <laughs> pitch he takes. Yo, keep after the first game, I think he went like one for four and struck out like two times. They're like, oh, Gary struggled in his first. I'm like, well, yeah, what the hell? Do you guys watch baseball? On, I'm like, yo, these, guys, these are people that don't watch baseball. And even the New York Post, um, John Boy and Jake talked about on Talking Yanks how they were like, they scheduled a tweet after his first game saying Gary Sanchez struggling. And yeah. that tweet came out right after he hit a home run in the second <laughs> I game. I saw that. So it's like you got egg on your face. You're doing too much. Like, if you don't really yeah. watch baseball, don't come out of your mouth to critique somebody that's playing in an exhibition, not even in the States. He's trying to get better. He's doing the things to get better. And I think he will be better um, for going over there and do it. It's, it's showing me some humility. And a lot of times I think Gary has ego. Like, I think he's a little cocky at times. Yep. It's showing me humility yeah. to go back home and kind of get back to the basics and work on it so that you could come back. And uh, I think Gary, Sand- Gary Sanchez is going to have a chip on his shoulder this year, but a different type of chip, not a cocky chip, but a chip like, yo, they think I'm not me. Like, they think I can't do this anymore. Like, no, this is like, I'm the, the catcher for the New York Yankees. Like, this is my team, my position, and, like, I'm going to work and I'm going to prove y'all wrong. So, hey, hope to see it. Exactly right. I agree with most of that. And with Sanchez, it's just – he's such an enigma. Like, he's so good or so bad. I mean, I was – I was would have been okay if we moved on, but now I've, like, rethought about it. I'm like, we might as well just give him one more chance because there's no option that's better than him. We're not going to sign James McCann, and the Yankees won't spend money more money Yachty. in the catcher position. Mm-hmm. We're not going for Yachty or JT. And there's no one else really out there. So it's do or die for Sanchez next year. I feel like if he struggles again, then I think you have to move on. But let's give him one more chance. The Winter League looks like it's a little promising. Yesterday he had a nice drive the opposite way. It might have been out of the Yankee Stadium. It was like to the warning track. So he's got to use the whole field more like Paul that's said. What that's what I'm looking at. Like those yeah, I want to see that. Fine or okay or whatever. I want to see him going up the middle the other way because I think that that's when Gary's going good. You guys remember when he came up in 2016? He was hitting bombs yeah, the opposite man. way, right? Like, that's that's what makes him special. I don't know if he realizes that yet. because, And I think Glaber also fell into that this year, too, bro, where he yep. just – it felt like he was, like, last year's numbers, like the power numbers. 38 he, bombs. Yeah, he's like, yeah, man, I'm a home run hitting shortstop. Like, yeah. I don't need Glaber to be that, bro. I need him to be a guy that hits the ball the other way, Gets me doubles. You know, the home run, fine. If it comes, it comes. But there's some people in your lineup, not everybody has to hit homers. Right. That's a big problem with the Yankees lineup. And I think you made a good point about Torres. It seems like he was swinging out of his shoes. Him and Gary oh, both trying yeah. to hit it long too much. Yep, yep. So we don't need Torres to hit 38 bombs. Like, maybe it was an aberration. 30 would be just fine. Like, put the ball in play a little bit more. 
yeah. you gotta you gotta change it up. Like we're all over the homer or bust mentality and this analytic mentality. I think that they the preach Yankee, for. The, yeah, the, the problem is the Yankees are kind of like the numbers guys are yeah. feeding them these numbers, telling mm-hmm. them that this is good, right? So they're thinking, okay, let's work on this, and then. Glaber's working on his lower body more. Well, this year he's being more flexible, but last year he looked like kind of stumpy down there, bro. Yeah. Like, you get hurt more that way. So I think he had an issue with the pandemic. They said he came back in bad shape after they came back for spring training 2.0. I think the defense also affected his offense, like with Gary Sanchez. It was just a bad year for both of them. I think Torres will be fine in short. They just got to see what he does in the full season. Like, you can't just move on mm-hmm. from a 60-game yeah. sample size, I don't think. Everyone's yeah. hung up with these better at second, get a real shortstop. But I think you got to give him more time. He's too young to be, like, moving his position this much. And some people are saying move him at third, which makes no sense because we have Gio. Oh. Like, I've even heard that. They're like, put him at third. That's I'm like, third? Man. Like, what are we going to do with him at third? These people don't watch baseball. There's too many people on Twitter <laughs> that get to, like, say things and tweet things and make up rumors. And it's and like I'm not saying I'm I know everything about baseball, but if you at least watch baseball, you don't say and specifically the Yankees, right? The Yankees have so many people in our fan base that they didn't watch the games like we watched yeah. the games. Like you don't get to speak here. Stop coming up with <laughs> ideas for the Yankees. Uh-huh. Like yeah, I know. Like some of the stuff we see is just too much. That's what Twitter does, you know. Yeah. People who just don't uh know what they're talking about just say that. But yeah, no, what you guys said about Gary, you know what? Like, I know I said he's lazy, and you know what? I'm not going to back away from that. But you know what? He is working on himself and getting better, and I'm not going to give up on him that easy. But you know what? I, I just want to see him succeed. I want to see every this team, everybody succeed. And you know what? Looking at it now, you know, mm. 60 games, and what? like you guys said, you know what? And, Keith, you said it perfectly. You know what? When everyone went down, you know, that's a lot of pressure for him and you know what it just it didn't work out but we'll see what happens I, I have high hope for both Glaber fixing things and for Gary fixing things the same way that the same way that this is going to be the year the one-year deal there's a comeback player of the season award for a reason okay because not everybody's career is you know nice and upward track like that doesn't happen you know sometimes people have peaks and valleys and I think a guy like Gary, who's had kind of like everything going for him in a short starting spot since he was 16 years old in this Yankee organization, and that being put, you know, in the biggest games of the season, you're on the bench. I think that is kind of like a, a red flag. Like, and you might see kind of like Gary turn up, you know, in terms of focus, I would hope uh, that you might not see before because I think that players that are that feel not disrespected but they feel forgotten about when they feel like they have abilities that are just as good if not better right. than the next guy absolutely I think you might see like a fire and focus in Gary that we haven't seen before and that might be the best for him um I need to see that out of Glaber too because I feel like those errors are like laps in like sometimes he's like these little silly errors where he's throwing a first I think he's just like taking those plays for granted kind of mm-hmm. thing. But. Yep, quiet stadium, get lulled to sleep, ball comes your way, you're thinking, I got it, but then, you know, it slips out of your glove or you don't make the turn right. Or You know, this guy is 23 years old, and I've said this on a few podcasts. Go mm-hmm. look up Jeter's first year at short. Go to baseball reference and look up his first full season at shortstop. I think he had something like 22 errors, and I know that's not 
a great comparison, but I say that to say this. These guys do get better over time. Absolutely. And when you're young and you're in that position, that's the hardest position potentially uh, on the field or arguably the hardest position to field in baseball is the shortstop being in the six hole. Glaber Torres can work on it. He can get better at it. And it takes drills. It takes repetition. So if he had a shitty 60 games, I'll take that over a shitty 162. Now, if he is the same through 162, before we get to the all-star break, I'm going to be like, nah, nope, 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 because it's going to cost us. Nope, got to have someone else there. But I'm giving Glaber the benefit of the doubt and trusting that he is a prodigy. He is a freak athlete. He's going to work at it. And they have already put him in as the New York shortstop like they've already put him in that superstar mold he's gonna accept the challenge and he's gonna get better and shore that that type of stuff up so fingers crossed for it or or we might be dipping into that free agent market of shortstops <laughs> next year <laughs> yeah there's a lot of good choices there that's why that's another reason why it makes perfect sense to do it this year because if he doesn't work out you'll have a few choices next year and then you can try to like maybe move someone at just that point few. but just a That's a, yeah, just a couple. <laughs> Correa, Baez, Lindor, Seager, and um, I think there's one more. Trevor Story. Yep, Story is one. Yeah, got that. I got that list nice and memorized. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking, okay, let's see what happens there. Bro. I don't know. Glaber all day. I I went to Glaber's first start, his first career start. I was Glaber day. Yep, that was awesome seeing that. That was really really cool. I'm never going to forget that. I was sitting uh, first base side, first row, got great tickets. Me and my now wife now, we went with right. her family. And I'm just like, before the game, she's like, who is this? I'm like, this kid's going to – this kid is the next big thing. I re- and that day, his first at-bat – I remember, I think his first at-bat, if I'm not mistaken, I think he struck out or something. And someone goes, oh, get him out. And I'm looking at him like, what? It's one at-bat. Yankee fans. And that's the like worst. Yankee fan. it's, it's, no, no, it's a – and sometimes it gets really annoying too. I'm like oh, sitting at man. the game. I'm like, all right, this, and I'm sitting there oh, like God. this in my face. I'm like, mm, okay, I'm, I'm going to stop. I'm going to, and then literally my father-in-law looking at me, he's like, what the hell are you doing? He's a Mets fan. He's like, what are you doing? I'm like, okay, these, these people behind shouldn't me even be here. Don't know what the hell they're talking about. They need to stop it. And I'm getting annoyed. And then the next step back, Glaber did something. And I'm like, yeah, Glaber, you see, that's what I'm talking about. And the guy's just like, okay. I'm just like, yeah, eat your words and just sit down and go eat your hot dog. Go get a $20 beer elsewhere. 100 and, <laughs> 162 one-game seasons, man. <laughs> oh, good times back then. Good times. That was what, two years ago, I think, was it? I think we're getting close to three, three now. Three now. Three, oh, my God. That was a yeah, long time ago. Gone my quick. God. Oh. Arm flies. Time Definitely does fly. Even in this pandemic year, we're almost mm-hmm. through it. I got like three weeks left, so we'll see what next year brings. Yeah, that was the year that he was, well, not runner-up, but Andujar was rookie of the year, and then Glaber mm-hmm. wasn't far behind him. Um, and speaking of Andujar, how do you guys feel? I know we're about to wrap this up. How do you guys feel about Gio and uh, him getting surgery on his elbow last week? And here we are again talking about the Yankees and their training staff and their medical yep. staff, like not finding things like McCann's back. When we found out about McCann's back, we're like, why wasn't this procedure done already? Uh, <laughs> I, I think that they planned it for this time specifically because they know that the recovery is fine. It's bone spurs, so you should be good. Yeah. But, um, I, I, a- yeah, I think he's good. I think that they planned it specifically for that. 
Yeah, that's a small thing. I have no issues with that, but I saw people talking about that on Twitter. Like, why? Like, that's always the reaction. Wait, he's getting surgery? How long is he going to recover? Like, they're saying his recovery, he should be good sometime in February, March, like, while spring training is going on. And this is Gio, the guy we're talking about. This guy, he's he's going to be ready. He's going to be fine. Oh, yeah. I I think Gio's going to be okay. Uh, listen, I, I'm a huge supporter of Gio ever since we got him. I think that he's been nothing short of spectacular. He comes to play every t- – he's consistent. Scott man. Yeah, exactly. He's, <laughs> I, I, I love the kid, and he's really changed our offense too. He really has. Yeah, so I'm, 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 I'm happy. I'm, I'm super happy with, with, uh, with Gio and stuff. Um, I think – I think he. I think he's got. Hopefully, we don't have any any more like injury issues or anything like that in the off season. Where it's like, oh, we should have did this because. <laughs> da, 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 da. But um, you know, hopefully, we don't have that anymore. Yeah, it's just it's the same thing over and over again. But it's weird because they said when they first walked, they couldn't see anything wrong and there was no need for a surgery. Then again, it happens two months later. Like, mm-hmm. Judge was okay. And then once we start spring training, he's not okay. Like, I don't understand. And they switched to medical staff. It's just like it's, it's a troubling trend with the Yankees. They just can't buck. But as long as he's good for opening day, I mean, I guess it's all right. What, what can we do? For sure. And then Ian Duhar, I feel like the Yankees have to trade him, but he has no value, so they're in a tough spot because there's nowhere to put him. He literally has no position on the Yankees, so it's mm-hmm. just a bad situation for him. Yeah, yeah, he's gotten a raw deal, but he's still ours, so we'll see what happens with that. Uh, maybe he gets traded at some point, but he's a good, good guy to have for that bat. You know, he did give us a spark when we were losing games in this 60-game stretch. So we'll see. Come on, Yanks. I'm, I'm ready for it. We're getting closer to it, and mm-hmm. uh, things are going to start to materialize, and we're going to see, you know, what this team is going to look like. And this is the last thing I'm going to say because I've been saying this on Pinstripe Strong, and I did another Yankees podcast yesterday, and i just been saying this, right? In, in MLB, there's so much parity in the league that a new team wins the World Series almost every year. We haven't seen a team go back-to-back in a while. The, the Giants – well, the Yankees had their dynasty going back-to-back. Yep. Then the Giants had their dynasty every other year. Then after that, it's – who knows, you know? Mm-hmm. So, with the Dodgers finally getting it done in the 60-game season, do I think they're going to stay healthy and be able to pull it off in 162 games? I don't. And I understand how good they are, and I understand how good they played. But for them to get back to the top of the mountain is going to be tough. I just look at the Yankees like, yo, we're due. We're in our window. The window is closing. Some other team has to rise up and win it. We just are a few pieces away from being that team. When you look at us in the postseason the last few years, what does it come down to? Pitching. Who we chose to start. Who we chose to bring out of that bullpen. So it's our time. And I I really, you know, I understand this this front office is, is saying that they don't have the money. But I do trust this front office to make the right moves. To make, to make the right financial moves to just get us in position to compete. We've been the favorites the last, like, two years. People pick us to come out of the AL the last two years since we made that run in 2017. In 2021, I feel like it is wide open. I don't feel like the Dodgers are going to repeat. And then the last thing I'll say, because I'm long-winded with this, I don't – the <laughs> Astros are the Astros have eliminated us in the past. They're about to be a non-factor. Absolutely. The Tampa Bay Rays, after making it to the mountaintop and losing – they lost Charlie Morton. Blake Snell wants out. They're not going to be as competitive. 
Right. Randy Rosarena ain't going to be able to do that again. <laughs> you know, so when you look at the AL, what, who are we afraid of? The White Sox? In our own division, the Blue Jays? No, I think the Yankees mm. are going to be the favorites again. We just mm -hmm. need to make a couple moves to shore up this rotation and this bullpen and go get that thing. Go bring yep. it home. The chase for 28, it's been too long. Yeah. yeah. It's been too long. I fully Way agree. too long. It, I want to see the Yankees get another championship. It's a, it, it really is too long. The last time was 09, that magical season. When we went out, we got Burnett. We got Teixeira. We got CeCe. We brought Swisher and all these guys. Even Eric Hinsky was making plays back in the day for that team. It was just – and it's been so long now that we need to – it's been 11, 11 years since we've seen it. It's too long. Yeah. It's way too long. It's getting I'm a, close to the longest drought. It, I'm a spoiled fan. I'm a, I'm a Patriots fan. Look, I've seen my team win Super Bowls. I want to see my baseball team win a World Series again. I've been. I want to. I'm a spoiled fan. I, I, <laughs> yeah, you have it too good with your Yan with the Yankees and Patriots, but for the Yan more Yankees' the sake, let's get on back. Let's get back on track. <laughs> so now we'll close it down now. So the website, this little thing behind me. Let me see if I get out of the way. Oh, I'm struggling. All right, I'm out of the way now. There it's, it is. There it is. Grunt Talks MLB is our website. And we just want to know what advice you'd have for us. We do articles. We do the YouTube videos of football and baseball. We do, like, replays. We have a card store and stuff. And, Josie, I know you have a really big YouTube channel. Um, so I'm curious how you guys, like, grow your channel. Like, what's a good way to, like, promote our platform and just, like, keep building up big audience? Um, just, you know, I mean – that's a question for John Boy, right? Well, I mean, you have a big job. <laughs> well, I, well, I have, I have like, all right. Well, what I would say is to consistently put out content, you know, and, you know, put stuff out and kind of diversify yourself a little bit and don't be afraid to try things. Um, just put stuff out there where people are just seeing your face and you're doing stuff out there, you know, because people, people do like it. And then just make sure, you know, just, Put your personality behind it and um people are gonna end up following you for you you know uh they're gonna end up you know just liking your vibes they just uh uh and you know so if you're gonna do if you do you know if you have youtube promote the shit out your page man like put it out there nobody's gonna market you the way you are you know you could do all of these other things you know some people pay other people to do it but to be honest most thing to do, the best thing to do is have it all organic, man. Like, just grow it in there, you know, engage with people that are, are part of your, you know, your, um, uh, well, we, we call them McFly gang in our, in our, in our thing, you know, our, our, our group, the Pinstripe Strong Army, you know, which is what we're trying to build. And little by little, it's just, you know, it's like a culture thing. It ends up being like a culture thing. Like people just coming together and just, yo, we're just we're talking about this. We're talking about sports. We're talking about baseball. We talk, I do gaming. I do all of these other things, you know? Uh, so that's basically what I would say. Just keep putting it out there. Keep it's, it's not easy. You know, I nowhere near made it, you know, <laughs> I got a lot of work to do, but I think, you know, if you put your head down, you work, you know, Keith is one that could attest because, you know, he's one of those guys freaking grinds as well. You just got to be willing to grind, whether you're grinding super full-time or you're grinding, you know, on the part-time basis. And then one day, hopefully, become full-time or 
whatever your goals are at, bro, just or just do it just for fun. Um and uh and just go with that. That's a, that's the only thing I could be able to say. Just have fun while you do it. Don't take yourself too serious. Gotta be seriously, seriously not, not serious. serious. <laughs> Let's go. I see yeah, yo, uh man, doubling down on that. Uh two things. I'll say be yourself, everybody else is taken, right? In this baseball world and in this sports world, we see someone makes a fake Jeff Passan account, Trevor, Trevor Ro- or Ken Rosenthal. Uh, they try and be someone else. Or they get on camera thinking, oh, I got to talk like this guy or I got to be funny like this guy. No, no, no. Like, be you. Like, look into that camera, talk how you talk, speak how you speak, say what you feel. And if this is what you love and this is what you love to do, it, it won't be work, but you have to work at it. You know what I'm saying? Like that goes over people's heads. I'm like, you know, do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. But it is work. You need to have yeah. a schedule. You need to have a plan. You need to write things out. You need to strategize. So in your strategizing, the second thing is to create what there is not. There are so many people doing the same things. Like in the baseball world, you can find 100 accounts today that are going to tell you about uh, James McCann. Okay. Like we don't need the same info over and over and over again. What breaks the algorithm and what breaks through is someone doing something a little different or someone uh, creating something in the space that wasn't there before, right? Like Jake is a perfect example. Jake had an idea to make, uh, talking Jake, John Boy Media, he had an idea to make a Christmas album. He asked for some ideas, some things came together, and he made a great piece of baseball content with Christmas music. That is creating what there is not. No one saw that coming. It's hilarious, and it's got little elements from baseball that baseball mm-hmm. fans will appreciate. So even with myself, man, 2020 this year threw me all off. Obviously, uh, yeah. the pandemic, the election year, uh, Black Lives Matter, all of these things that went on this year, I, I just didn't feel right creating how I usually do. I didn't put myself out there as much because I'm like, man, this is not important. But now I'm starting to get back into that and starting to see like, yo, you got to do you like you only exist out here because of how you are and who you are. And people want to see you despite all of that. So for you guys, that's, you know, keep going too. like, don't stop because it gets, it gets tough at times and the numbers can throw you off. You might be like, Oh, not enough people viewed this or not enough people listen to this, but over the years, right? If you keep doing it, people are going to quit. And if you keep doing it, you're going to build and you'll have a lot to stand on. So keep going. Definitely keep working. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much for that uh, advice from the both of you. We're definitely going to uh, keep that in mind and definitely do that. I like that being yourself. That's that's the one thing I like to do. I like to, you know, be myself. And if somebody likes me, uh, awesome. If you don't, it's I'm not going to lose sleep at night. You know, it's it is what it is. Right. Yeah, I really thank you guys. That was some great advice. And that's a great point. We just got to make the brand stand out, do some different things that people aren't doing, keep it real, keep it funny. And Let's just keep the ball rolling, brother. Sure. Absolutely. Just keep the grind going. Yes. Make sure you keep your pinstripes on. Say pinstripes yep. on. <laughs> <laughs> we got you guys. Yes, we do. We got you. Thank you guys so much for coming on. Yes, nah, thank, thank you so you guys, much. Man, appreciate you guys having us on. You know, it's 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 our off season. Uh, this year has been the year of the off season, but this is like this is starting to feel normal again, right? Like this is what we do as baseball fans in December. So thanks for having us on, man. Oh, thank you yes. so much. So I'll put out the audio today. We might do a few of the clips. Maybe I'll post those, but I'll let you guys know when it's up and everything. Yeah, yeah, I'll share. I'll retweet, and uh, yeah, we'll keep it going. And I hope to see you guys at 
spring training. Yeah, that'll be the next time. Yeah. And everything. Yeah. I just yep, hope absolutely. that we can get back, back to it. It'd be it. great for the real interactions again. I mean, the Zoom is cool, but I want to like see people again. I just miss seeing everyone. It's been a crazy ride. Mm. Fingers absolutely. crossed. We'll see hope you guys. to see you guys down here. All right, fellas. Have a good one. Yep, you too. Thank you guys so much. All right, see you. All right, so that was a great podcast, and now we'll do our personal information, and then we'll be on our way. Absolutely. Go ahead. Take it away. So Grunt Talks MLB is the website, which I talked about before. You can also find us there on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. It's GNT Sports Talks presented by Grunt Talks. That's how you find all the audio. That's where we'll have, like, everything. The video clips are most of the time shorter. Personal Twitter, Julian Gilardi, 11 personal instagram julian glardy one of course i botched him but whatever and then um we're gonna do grunt talks team is twitter and instagram and my personal twitter is b thompson 81 my personal instagram bobby thompson 81 all right so everyone have a good one we'll be back soon absolutely